we are back the abj podcast for episode 10 very excited about this my first double digit milestone and i couldn't have uh, been happier to have the guest i have tonight which i will bring in in one moment but first we want to get the housekeeping stuff down if you want to follow us on all social media uh, as well as my guests check out the links below for everything this is the first time uh, I, I've been fighting this for a while. I was going to be exclusive to YouTube, but I'm going to be doing um, the um, Facebook, um, YouTube, Twitch, and uh, um, Twitter all at the same time. I'm hoping that my camera's working fine. I'm going to try something real quick. I hope that fixed it for my guests. We're having some technical issues. Um, but anyway, yes. So if you guys want, please head over to the Facebook side. We are a few subscribers away from 350. I hope we hit that very soon. 400 by the end of the year is a goal. Um, if you can also, my link's below. We have two, two people in the independent scene who are having some issues. They just had an injury last week. Uh, Adina Steele unfortunately broke her collarbone, had to go in and get it fixed, has a, has a, has a metal plate in her shoulder. Uh, that's going to be putting her on the uh, sidelines for a while, as well as Philly Mike, who just had his ACL, MCL, his meniscus. He, his knee was completely tore up. So if you guys can help those independent talent who can use the help right now, they have um, uh, subscription services, they have merchandise, 8x10s, anything you want. The links are below to support them as well. Uh, this The independent scene is a bunch of uh, really, really talented people from production to referees to managers to talent to everybody who work really, really hard. And when an injury happens, it not only is a setback in their career and their dreams, but it's also a setback in their personal lives and their bills and their jobs. So if you can help out, that would be great. Links below. It is the time of holiday and stuff like that so anything would be better very helpful without further ado let's bring in my guest and i hope she can hear and see me <laughs> i can <laughs> yeah, <awesome. laughs> yeah we're having this weird thing where i have to start and stop my camera for her to hear and see me so uh we're, we're making do <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's weird yeah. <laughs> let the people know who you are hi i'm a uh, ref gina so um I guess that's the, does that answer your question? We did one question already. Good yes, job. nailed right. it. I'm we are we are smooth sailing for here. Uh, <laughs> I'm really bad at those. Like tell tell us about yourself, and I'm like yes, yes. I, I hope being. to hope to lean you in a little better here, but uh, yes. Yeah, so Ref Gina, you you are someone I will say I I I adore. I love your work. I think everything you do as a referee is fantastic. I don't know why you're not on TV more for us. I, I hope that changes in 2023. Um, I got to work with you a lot at Camp Leapfrog. Um, I, I still say the three referee stable that came out of there is my hands down favorite referee group of all time with you, Adam Gall and Bankos, who oh, we yeah. need back on the scene. Bankos, if you're watching or listening, I miss you and love you. Um, I just want to give him real quick roses. So I was looking to support everybody and you, I don't think you have mer merchandise, which we need to change. Um, Cause I love having referee merchandise. I own a lot of it. Like I have Bryce, I have Aubrey. Uh, I like to support my refs, you know? And I said at Bankos, I said, how can I get a t-shirt of you? And he goes, I hate my T-shirt. It's a fall guy, fallout. I don't like it. He goes, if you want to buy a T-shirt with me on it to support me, he says, go buy Chris Statlander's T-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees because it's me raising her hand and she's all bloody because she just won the championship in the cage match. So he, his way to support him was to buy somebody else's merch. Okay, I got to look that up because I, I didn't know that he was, um, I'm sure, like that. Yeah, yeah, that oh, was okay. that's what he told me to do to support him was to go buy somebody else's T-shirt <laughs> and, give, and give somebody else money. Yes, which shows yeah, you the, how answer. amazing he is. Yeah, 
so let's get into it. You you uh you have trained out of a very prestigious place. Oh, uh, Test of Strength in East Hartford. Is yes. That uh, yeah. It is. It is prestigious. I think that um, it, it definitely is a, a big staple in the Northeast area because it's a Kowalski lineage school. And mm -hmm. um, if you are from Massachusetts or from Connecticut, if you've been trained by Killer Kowalski in the past, like you've pretty much like exceeded all types of uh, tiers. Um, so Slick Wagner Brown um, is my trainer. Uh, over time, I did accumulate other trainers, but yep, he was the first person I started with. Now, getting into wrestling school, did you know right from the jump that you were going to be a referee or did you want to be a worker? How, how, what was your, what was your process? Oh, God. So I basically used to be this annoying fan that would go to all these indie shows. Um, and someone told me that, oh, they actually do like these student shows out of the school in East Hartford. And that was way before that they were doing like road shows. So um, I was just like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll go ahead and check it out. And um, he asked me, uh, hey, do you want to try out a free class? I think you got, um, you look like you're in shape. You have like a good look for wrestling. And I said, sure. So I showed up and I absolutely hated it. I thought that wrestling training is always the worst thing ever. I, I still don't like it, even though um, I'll do it every now and then. Uh, bumps suck. I hated them exiting the ring um, and learning how to do like those Royal Rumble clothesline over the top things sucked. I think I sprained my wrist uh, taking one of those once. And I'm like, this is terrible. I would never want to do this ever. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look like fun at all. Like, no, and, and I think like, that's another thing too, because you're always just put in these situations that um, you can have some type of natural ability to wrestle, but there's always going to be one thing that you're not going to do well. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just life. Yeah. So um, unfortunately for me, it was basically everything except three quarter rolls. So uh, I told him like, yeah, you know, I appreciate that you gave me time to come in and try out a free class. Uh, you gave me your time, uh, but no. And I basically went back to him a couple weeks later and I said, you know what, actually I do want to have, some type of role in wrestling, you know, maybe just do it a couple times a month or something. So maybe I could come in, do some type of training and we'll see what like works. And he goes like, okay, so I was supposed to manage somebody. Um, that person uh, did something to his his gluteus maximus. Uh, so I just say in unconventional terms that he broke his ass. So I couldn't yeah. manage him. And he asked me to do did, some did practice tear it? Uh, no, he didn't tear it. He did like something to that tendon. And apparently it's like really hard to, yeah, because it's a, it's a big tendon, but yeah. Um, he was like, Hey, do you want to ref these practice matches? And, uh, it just basically snuck. So I only had one role at least, uh, at that point from the get go moved on to other things, but worked out for me for some people. Uh, they end up managing, realizing it's not for them, and they move on to wrestle or something like that. But for me, I think refereeing was a was a good good place for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what what year was that when you started uh, mm. when when the referee thing kind of fell in place? Uh, so I think I started training the summer of 2018, and then um, that fall is when I debuted at Test okay. of Strength. And it was actually at the first road show that they had, so that was pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing I tell people all the time. They're like, man, I want to get in the business, but I'm out of shape and I don't want to be a wrestler and I don't want to take bumps. I'm like, there is something in this business for anyone. Uh, 
Yes. And it might not be on camera. There's always there's people who need to make graphics. If you're if you're a good graphic designer, wrestling companies need you. If they're if you're good at camera work or editing or audio art, like there's so many different key things that are used in for wrestling, professional wrestling that you can get involved in that are always needed because it's nine times out of ten one person doing six jobs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that for sure. Um, I was actually just kind of having an internal monologue with myself because uh, now I've been doing more production stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. um, that in wrestling, I feel that although there are people who are self-starters and better at like the independent work, like I prefer working by myself, you could get far with it, but if you don't have a team and if you don't have teamwork skills, it, it's definitely going to make it very difficult. Um, a lot of people like to hoard all those tasks themselves because they just feel like either they want to control everything or they just don't have the help. Uh, for the most part, it's probably people just don't have the help. So uh, reaching out and uh, saying, hey, I can't actually do this. Like the first thing that I've ever done in wrestling was sewing patches onto uniforms. That was the yep. first thing I ever did. And then they're like, hey, could you run the locker room and tell people when they're on deck and stuff or when their matches are coming up. And yeah, so th there's always something to do. I it's agree. fun too. Cause like early in your thing where you're like, they'd walk out to the ring and you're like, I sewed that. I sewed that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> that, yeah, everyone yeah. has those moments where you're like, yeah, those smile little things. And you're like, that's my Mark moment. That's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you gotta own the stuff that you create. It's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Stuff. Have fun with it. Now in 2018, <laughs> uh, you're, you know, you're getting that thing. You're, you're finding yourself. Refereeing is looking like it's going to be the spot for you. As, as a female ref, there, there's not many out there. So you have, like, there's not someone you can, like, this is who I aspire mm -hmm. to be. This is, right. like, so where, where do you sit mentally of, like, I'm in an industry and now I'm in a spot in this industry where there's not many representations of me in this field? Um, I guess, like, for me, and it's I'm one of those people who um, has, like, a, a stupid answer to the question of, like, does representation matter? I'm like, well, yeah, if it's done right. Um, so I think that there is um, uh, more like officials who are just non-male and non-white who you see on TV, mm -hmm. like um, Ref Allison, uh, who I devotely follow on Twitter. I think she's really cool. Uh, she started working for Impact recently. Uh, so that's really cool. And uh, I think she's out of the Tennessee area, like Nashville. Um, I, I would have to double check on that, but like that area and like the Southeast. Uh, so um, that's another thing too, is like in your region, it's like who, who else like is there? Um, and at the time in 2018, not really many of them. Uh, even on TV, I think Jessica Carr got like um, her first NXT debut earlier yeah. that year. I, mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Aubrey wasn't at AW Gazette and didn't exist then. Um, and she did, I think, like a tournament for NXT. I think the women's uh, tournament that I, I can't remember. Um, was it the, the May Young, Young Classic? Classic? Yeah, 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 right, right. Uh, so she did that, for example. Um, and that was kind of like, okay, cool. Um, now, I mean, you know, you definitely have like uh, Rhea Chatterton, I think her name is. I, I feel so bad because I just met her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I always like get last names wrong. Um, so I just, yeah, I just saw her like a few months ago and, uh, you know, she broke the glass ceiling uh, that long ago. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of things definitely have changed since then. 
So, oh, there's, there's representation everywhere. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy because, like, for um, ICW, for example, I think I was, like, their only female official that they had. Um, then Rep Scarlet out in uh, the West Coast did a show for them. Uh, so, like, there's still um, other places to pioneer. Like, uh, mm -hmm. death matches, I think, was one area I was, um, you know, trying to, like, get into. And I'm, I'm there. It's just I haven't done a lot of them yet. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like, the, but it's just, uh, I think a lot of it just has to do with, um, I know for other people, they say that it's important to see themselves out there. Um, and there are times where I think, the milestones need to be a little bit bigger for me. So um, Kevin Koo and Akira had a pit fighter match and I was officiating in it. And every person in that match was Asian American. Stuff like that is stuff that I'm like super into. Uh, the gender stuff is like, I don't know. I just don't really think about, like I am a woman and I do identify as such, but like, I just don't really think about it much. Um, but for other people, they probably value that. So yeah. um, I'd be interested to know what another, uh, women official would say but for me i think it's more of like a race thing like yeah. i don't really see filipino people in wrestling at all <laughs> so mm -hmm. except batista and yeah, yeah. Like, my my like, wife's the same way she's 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 uh her, her mom's white and her dad was uh uh vietnamese uh, so every okay. every time she sees like our here's another celebrity and she's like i think they're and she finds they're vietnamese and she's like yeah, yeah! she gets excited yeah like <laughs> there's certain like just demographics about yourself that you feel like you're more in tune to um yeah so and yeah, subscribe to get that four hundred. Yeah, that we're, really, we're really, we're really, we're we're trying. Thank you, man. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's a good hype. This, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. subscribe. Um, episode ten. We're only on ten. Imagine how many more episodes we could get. Get more subscribers. Ooh. So that was your plug. Uh, so yeah, I would say that that's definitely a big part of it. Um, the IWTV one hundred match. Every mm. person in there was a POC. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of like my. Uh, the thing that I aspire to is uh, that um, on the gender side, though, I mean, if people like recognize and find value in it, cool. I'm not going to tell them yeah. one way or I, another. It's just for me, it's just like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm still an official. But yeah, uh, the gender yeah. thing's big for me only because I I was someone who growing up in the 90s and the attitude era and stuff. I just didn't like women's wrestling because mm -hmm. it wasn't taken seriously. It was mm -hmm. it was over sexualized. It was bra and panty matches. And then you would have like a glimpse of someone who's really, really good. And you're like, why aren't they you like, why is Molly Holly? Why is Ivory? Why is Jackie being put in these stupid situations? And then like Trish started taking herself seriously when she was still like, like using her sexuality, but also like, Hey, I'm training and working hard. Mm -hmm. And now women's wrestling is just amazing. Like, a wwe they're taking it seriously women's wrestling but how you're saying too that the people of color being represented yes, in wrestling yeah. like that's so important uh, across the board yeah I, I think for me it's just like i uh attribute more attention to it yeah um and uh it, it's funny because like i was also thinking to myself when you were mentioning about women's wrestling um the big reason why i love tna um during like that i can't remember was it like smackdown that they were competing against uh like the same hour block that they were on when they were like, like tuesdays when they were on tuesdays probably tuesdays yeah, yeah. um i couldn't remember which particular show and i was just like oh okay maybe i should check out tna and tna was like that for me because um i was seeing like smaller people uh more like uh like cruiserweight type people like mm -hmm. motor city machine guns going insane in there and i was just like wow like i don't see people like this being used in high profile matches on smackdown and raw um and the women's division there was just 
oh, it was such a good time. Like Gail Kim is still my favorite women's yeah. wrestler. She's so <laughs> like, good. She, she's like, and I'll see her like post every now and then. Like she got out at a really good time. Like we're we're definitely like wanting more. But that division was like it blew my mind. Like how good that women's division was and what we were given during like the height of the diva era was, was mm -hmm. rough. And it sucked because like there were times where I would see like Michelle McCool, who I thought was really good wrestling, but then they would like kind of book her in a way that was just not, it didn't like, you know, it, it wasn't for me. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. I, I kind of attribute TNA to that type of. Impact's always in that yeah. boat. Like even right it's now, I always tell people, I'm like, if you probably watch impact and, and dedicate your time, like you do AEW and WWE, I guarantee you'll like the product. Mm -hmm. Their storylines yeah, are good. Right. Their talent's really good. Some Absolutely. of the people on the indie, indie scene who have broken into the Impact scene are, are main reasons why I love checking it out. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's kind of a good segue, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. You've got to work hand-in-hand hand with a lot of the Northeast wrestling talent um, mm -hmm. all over the place. Uh, yeah. We talked about IWTV 100. You were in there for an hour yeah. with Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta. And not only has that match been amazing that day, but we've gotten it three more times yes, in yeah. two other companies. Well, one, but technically ROH and right, is also yeah. uh, AEW. And I remember when that match was first going to happen, I remember telling anyone who would listen, I'm like, if you want to see that match, it's already happened. And it was amazing. And it happened at IWTV 100 in a, the hottest building I've ever been in in my life. I felt like I was in one of the rings of hell. It was that hot. And uh, you were the referee in that match. And mm -hmm. you were you were brilliant. It was, it was everyone that was involved in that match did everything they were supposed to do. And it's still probably in my brain one of my most, like my favorite match I've ever seen. It, it's funny too, because like uh, with the ROH stuff um, and how that saga has just continued over time, you, it's so funny because when the first was it, it was death before dishonor was that the mm -hmm. first one that they did yeah. uh, when they announced that that was happening like almost to the date like one year after uh that match happened the 100 match you see like all these people on twitter going like oh i was there and i saw this match and it's kind of like the people like saying badge like, of honor i saw metallica back before the <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it kind of it's funny because um being a part of like something like that where it's and it is special i mean um i know for sure and it, it's been a said um on live television that um you know brian danielson uh watched that match and it, it's free on YouTube now, so you don't even have to subscribe. Let's subscribe anyways. Because uh, that whole show have, have, was really good. I, if and you I have ITV like, 100, you're crazy. You're absolutely <laughs> insane. <laughs> Another thing, though, is like a lot of people say that that match was really good. And for very good reason. But honestly, the entire show, I, I felt, was definitely one of the highlights of independent wrestling. And it, it, was, it came at an interesting time because we were like sort of coming out of the pandemic, not really. Uh, so I, it, it kind of seemed to me like it was just a whole room of people because that crowd really did add so much value to that match, so much value to the show. And there were just, it seemed like everyone was just happy to like watch wrestling again. And mm -hmm. um, the whole theme about that show was to centralize around the 100th defense of the IWTV um, championship. But there were past champions who were there too. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, the inaugural champion. Uh, Orange Cassidy teamed with Chris Statlander. 
against Lee Moriarty, uh, Trisha Jora. Trisha is a oh. world champion of her own right, too. So, you know, and you have matches like that. Um, so I think that whole thing was very special. But I, I think we all, like, almost died a heat stroke. Yeah. And <laughs> Trisha Jora is well, – well, I, I, I forget her title name. Uh, if she, um... I keep uh, mispronouncing it, so I'm not going to even try. Yes, but her yes. title <laughs> – that she had that at that time, as well as the IWTV title, were both recognized by Pro Wrestling Illustrated as world titles, which was yes. a special moment as well. It was. Um, and Kevin McLevaney from PWI was there. Um, he gave uh, he presented the plaque before uh, the 100 match happened too. Uh, and then we also got some photo ops with him uh, before the show started. And yeah, it's really a big deal because uh, there were two champions, not just one, but two titles that were recognized as world championships and um hopefully when those iwtv tag titles come out uh, they will be yes. <laughs> recognized as such too but yeah the 100 match was very challenging um it went 60 minutes to a draw it was uh how, how hot do you think the building was because i hear different yeah. numbers it was it was easily over 100 you think so yeah i, I think so okay yeah because um, also i was sitting I, I was telling you off camera yes. i was sitting behind gorilla where there was like the monitor and my buddy Brian who was doing sound that day who also did sound for the high tension uh high tension wrestling network show previously that so it was a double mm-hmm. shot so we were there for not one show but two in that building some and, of the wrestlers were too yeah, yeah and it was and I huge props to my buddy Brian BP Burke who I do commentary with he's never done music before really? that was his first time nice. ever doing music and he did two in one day no and one of them happened to be IWTV 100, wow. so he, that's that's a cool little badge for BP Burke. Uh, so it was myself, BP, and Kaya McKenna in that gorilla mm-hmm. position watching on the monitor, and I and I was just like, it's it's and there's a vent that's coming out of the wall that's just blowing hot air right into us, and it's going straight up the commentary. And I was like, I I can't do this no more. I have to go sit in the car. So I literally put it on my phone. And I watched it on IWTV from my car with the AC and the AC wasn't even working because it was just oh, so no. hot that day. It was it was a rough day. Uh, well, um, I never noticed the events that Anthony mentioned before because I've, I've been to that building actually a whole bunch of times. So I really have no excuse. But um, yeah, I was mentioning to him too the commentary table. That's rough because like uh, Dylan Wick, Wicko and um, uh, sorry, Dylan Hills. I'm so sorry yeah. about that. I forgot you changed your name. Uh, and uh, struggles who did commentary for most. I believe of the Avery show. was on the main event too. Yes, yes. Um, and you had to help him down the ladder with his boot on. They were upstairs where like the heat just rises, and I and they were there like the whole show basically. Suit and ties. Um. Yeah. Um. It, it was it was something. Commentary. But I mean, to even wrestle that style and that, I think that's what makes this match very special is because. Um, that style of wrestling uh, would, I would say, normally be very, very hard to get a crowd behind in the Northeast area because the Northeast area has seen everything. So they want yeah. like what's really exciting. But it really adds to the credit of the two competitors, Willie Uda and Daniel Garcia, the value that they have to their names um, to do that for an hour, no outside interference. Um, basically like no really big breaks either. And pretty much kept it in between the ropes the whole time. Yeah. Like um, I think Daniel went outside like once and I, I checked on him, but uh, they really only went on the outside like 
not very long. They had 20 seconds. Um, and yeah, I, I would say that uh, watching it back, and I still watch it back all the time, is that uh, there were definitely some points where I was like cringing over, like, I was late on that count. Uh, but, uh, Kevin Koo, who has been there before, and I also did a very long match with him at Uncharted Season 4 recently. I think it was like a 45-minute match. Uh, he says to me, it was so hot in there that um, we just thought that your brain was probably melting, and you did way better than expectations in terms of the heat. Yeah. So it, it was very hot. And it got match of the year of last year. So, it did. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I like think that really is a gem. Yeah. I, I remember everyone just being like, that was – I see. I love those my those wins for my friends in the business, right? So like, mm -hmm. like, and for me, like seeing you in there, I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. And Rep yeah, Gene is involved in it. Like, yeah. I was just, I was happy for you to have that moment. But um, so that match is obviously very, very high on your list. But who are some other matches that you've refed on the independent scene that just kind of stick to you, uh, and why? Uh, so I'd say that the other one I mentioned, Kevin Koo and Adam Priest. Um, so for those who don't know, I lived in Florida for a couple of years and was actually traveling to the Northeast a lot. Um, so uh, when I started working more with IWTV on like the back end of stuff, they invited me to do Uncharted Territory Season 4. That was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I moved there uh, for about like three months. I lived in Chattanooga um, on and off. But, you know, I just say that I uh, lived there for the summer. <laughs> puts my credit up. Yeah. Um, and I did the season. Um, so Adam Priest was a very, very big standout of that particular season. And it's all available to watch on demand on IWTV. How's that? So um, it's cool. It, it's a good way to get introduced to a Southeast area with wrestlers there. Uh, wrestlers like Jaden Newman, who also trained me. I trained at the TWE Center. Um, you know, Kevin Koo, who's now up in uh, Chicago. You see people like Tank, who is like a Oh my gosh, like a 30 year veteran in the area. And you also have like people like Tony Deppin, Alec Price coming down and doing matches there. I'm too. wearing Deppin's brewery's hat right now. Ah, uh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that you're yeah. Pennsylvanian. I drink there all so, the time. <laughs> um, I just saw him recently actually at Interspecies. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, yeah, but it, it was a very long match. It went about like 45 minutes. Um, I, dro I got drop kicked in it. Uh, and that's probably the moment that everybody remembers mostly because uh, people troll me on Twitter about it all the time, but it's okay. <laughs> I have it as a badge of honor. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, it was a similar type of style too, where it wasn't like really big flashy stuff, but that's what Southern wrestling is. It's uh, very, very different. Um, I just did one with Marcus Mathers and Jordan Oliver at uh, Expect the Unexpected. That's two talents right there to keep. That right, right, 40 right, minutes. Write those names down. That was 40 minutes, and I was just like, I can't believe I'm getting conned into this like half hour match, and then just kept going. It's like your badge now. You're the you're the Iron Man, the Iron Man match ref queen. Yeah, yeah. I want to do another one for sure. I have never actually done an official Iron Man. I just did the 60 minute time yeah. limit. It just mm -hmm. came to a draw. Um, so those are definitely some big ones. Um, oh, geez, like there's just so many people I like refereeing. Um. Uh, but when it comes to matches, I'd say that's like a top three. That should be enough for yeah, that absolutely. That's um, a memory zone. When when you are refing, obviously those 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 style of matches and what all styles have you conquered so far? So you had your time limits where they went the full time. Oh limit. yes, uh, um, time limit draws, singles, um, lucha. When I was working at Shikara, I was doing um, some lucha uh, tag stuff. Um, uh, like normal tag, tornado tag. I did a tornado tag once at Love Beyond. Uh, it was with 
Jordan Oliver Myron Reed. I feel like Jordan Oliver is going to be like the magical name. Uh, Jordan Oliver Myron Reed against Bear Country, uh, who are now Iron Savages. So that was a tornado tag at the boardwalk. So that was kind of cool. That was on a boardwalk. Um, I've done a couple hardcore matches. I started doing death matches recently. Um, a ladder match, I did one, even though you don't really do much of that. Rumbles. Uh, I did a tag gauntlet. That was probably one of the harder ones because uh, tag gauntlets is just like you have to keep resetting until um, someone is a victor. Triple threat, six pack challenges. I hate those. I, I don't like them. I like doing multi people matches like scrambles and mm-hmm. uh, like four corner or whatever. But six pack challenges suck because you have to be aware of tags and they're on all four corners. So there's like no neutral corner you can go to to like really pay attention. Uh, so you can miss stuff for sure. Um, so I don't know. Like I think it's like those super duper uh, stipulation matches. Like I don't know. Um, like it, like an actual Iron Man where yeah. there are like the three the falls, and- falls submissions, whatever that I haven't really done. Um, I did a submission only match actually on IWTV show for Pro Wrestling Magic. Uh, I did not know it was a submission only match until the middle of the match, and Kaya's like, "It's submission only." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so that was, who was that? Kaya and who? Uh, Kaya and Jordan Blade. Oh, oh, that was uh, was that Leapfrog? IWTV Untitled. That was oh, okay. uh, a couple of Octobers ago. No, it wasn't Jordan Blade. That was uh, who did she? Oh, Bonesaw. It was Kaya and Bonesaw did a match at at, at, uh, at Leapfrog. Yeah. Sorry, they're making a mess. Your attention, please. I'm gonna mute. All right. Um, I'll, we'll give it a second here. Uh, Lisa, she just she just answered that one. There's a little bit of delay, but I appreciate you guys. Uh, if you guys do have questions, put them in the chat. I will get you guys involved. If I'm not saying hi to everybody, I'm sorry. I'm just really focused on the interview. I'm having a great time here. Uh, I'm not trying to ignore you, but uh, if you do have questions, please put them in. And as you guys keep typing, I will keep uh, putting your comments up. I appreciate all the love and support. I think I got the two subscribers, so we might have hit 350. Hey, so thank you. Oh my God. Yeah, um, we did. It did pop up on the thing, but uh, so yeah. Deathmatch wrestling. Yeah. Match wrestling. Um, what what challenges come into deathmatch wrestling? Because I've talked to some refs and I asked this question before, but you are the first ref I got to interview on camera, which is exciting. Um, okay. We just recently had um, a buddy of mine cut himself real bad in a deathmatch, uh, Ratkin, where he cut his uh, his wrist mm-hmm. real bad. Yeah, I did see um, that. Uh, we had I had a friend, uh, a person that we worked with, who was in a match where. Uh, the opponent got cut real bad. So like you're in situations where you have to kind of make that call where, cause a lot of wrestlers with their egos are not going to want to stop a match for a cut or something, but you obviously have to uh, worry about their safety. How does that, how is that a challenge when at all in just in matches in general, your yeah. job is to be in a safety official, right, but even right. worse in a deathmatch style. I mean, I definitely had somebody who basically shattered his ankle during a match and he wouldn't stop. Uh, And I think because he kept wrestling, it probably made it worse. But he had really big workmanship there that was definitely displayed for everybody to see because, like, he just wanted to keep going. And um, I get it because it's just, you know, you you don't want to stop. You want to keep going. You want to finish. Um, but yeah, there are times where you do need to step in and say like, you need to stop or else like, this is going to get worse. Or, um, if like they're really cut bad, like, uh, you could probably die or something. Um, you know, not, not to say that lightly, but that's just the only way it can really express it's, it's it. It's happened. It's happened to uh, Nick. 
<laughs> yep. Yep. Um, there, there are people who, um, you know, who have decided to keep wrestling, even after I said, you need to stop or tag out if it was like a tag match or whatever. And that's really on them at that point. With dead matches, though, you just have the discretion to stop. Um, and I would say in singles as well, you can you can do that. Um, I had like a couple people who got knocked out, but luckily um, the other opponent just like lightly pinned them or something. Um, or they came to and they wanted to keep going or something. Like there are times where you just have to stop it completely. And a tag match is a little bit easier because like you could sort of like work something out if they're like not to the point of like being concussed and like convulsing on the ground or whatever. But yeah. death matches, yeah, you do have to completely stop them. Have you uh, ever had to throw it like the the, like the infamous X up? Yeah. No, I, I never had to do that. Um, that's my greatest fear on commentary is being like, because that's the thing too is like, being a fan is one thing, but when you start becoming friends with the roster and the people yeah. and, and the, the people who go in there and do the work, and then you're on a call and you watch a kick kind of land or a clothesline or they yeah. land weird on their neck or their head, and you're kind of like want to call the match, but you're also concerned for your friend. It's it's scary. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just concern for the competitors in general. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, it was just uh, I never had anything where someone was like so bad that I had to like stop it completely. Um, it was mostly like someone would tweak their ankle or do something um, and they're still moving and they still want to keep going. So like, I can't, you know, tell them one way or another. Um, but there were people who were just like, um, yeah, I do need help like getting out of here after the match is over or I need help, you know, um, just give me like a second to because like I, I hit my head or whatever but I'm, I'm still good for it so um i'm i mean i hate to like jinx myself but i feel like that moment well, let's hope that never happens because that's not something you want to experience right. you know yeah and, and, you know like over time you just also get better at recognizing when like okay we just need to stop right now uh yeah. but it's also few and far in between i think in wrestling in general um but yeah i'd say that that's one thing for sure uh with death matches um I think a big part of it is understanding that you're just going to block the camera sometime. Uh, and I'm actually starting to do more production as well. Like if I'm not refereeing on wrestling open, if I'm not subbing in for someone to ref there, I'm running like roaming camera, hard cam, or like doing something out of tablet. So we could get like those Instagram, YouTube real stories out there. Uh, so now that I've been doing that more, I understand the importance of a good shot, but when you're doing deathmatch wrestling, there's just all the stuff all over the place. And sometimes you just have to, you have to get down and count. Uh, sometimes you won't have the perfect positioning uh, because you have to worry about yourself too. You have to like clear things and then you could go ahead and start counting if there's stuff in the way. Uh, with mm -hmm. Pit Fighter, it's a little bit harder in some aspects because you're in the cage. So you can't get out in and out as easily. I mean, in the chains uh, for no holds barred with like glass and stuff, it, it's very much like that. But uh, with the pit, you're working a circle and not a square. Yeah. So um, it, it's like a lot of those things. And I think over time you just get more used to it. Uh, it it's also just remembering those small etiquette things like with the light tubes. Um, a lot of the times with the light tubes, like they'll have the U shape. Uh, glass shards and because of that your job is to immediately start stomping on them or clear them out i just learned that at a show not too long ago okay also kicking out the end caps yes like make sure the end caps get out well, which one did you learn that um pro wrestling yeah. after dark pete corvus versus uh charlie bonifer uh, i think okay. they went through like 
85 light tubes. Yeah. <laughs> and the referees and they're just stomping stuff out. And yeah, I yeah, you do it. have to stomp it out. I mean, you, you might not be able to get every single one depending on what kind of glass, of, like if they're using a lot of light tubes, et cetera. But yeah, because they do pierce and light tubes are just so notoriously known for being unpredictable. Yeah. At least with like tempered glass, um, you kind of like have like a, an idea of like how it's going to shatter. Uh, but light tubes, like I just saw like a video of someone, I think either in at the H2O center, I think um, hit a light tube on the ground and like the end just like flew right through the ropes and into the crowd. Uh, so yeah, the, the end caps you have to get out to. Um, sometimes you have to keep them in there though, because they like to use them, then throw it out themselves. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Oh, gusset plates. Oh, um, if they get stuck on your clothes, it, it sucks to get out. I had yeah. it stuck to my pants for like one match and I'm like, Oh my God. So yeah, I want, you, you I learn to just use like time. all your old clothes, just use them for death. Well, match. that was my question. When you go in and you know, you're doing a death match. Do you prep differently? Like, do you wear like pants and then something underneath your pants? Do you wear long um, sleeve? Do you wear gloves? Yeah, I usually have like shoes? a compression pants underneath them. I use my old uh, wrestling pants. Um, I still use just like my regular knee pads because I've had them for so long and they get ripped. No big deal. I'll just get another pair. Um, I have very special shoes that have like the hard treads on the bottom. Um, and I also wear safety goggles. I don't ever risk my eyes with anything. Mm -hmm. um, I did one match at Expect the Unexpected a few weeks ago where they didn't use glass, but they used those poppers, like those little things that you throw on the ground and they pop and make a noise. Um, and they do have a tendency to fly around. Uh, then, of course, you have like your gloves, too. Um, some people wear long sleeves. I don't because I don't count with my forearm in those matches. So, uh, you know, but yeah, it's being, um, you have to anticipate pins and clear it so they could go ahead and start counting or else if you start counting on like glass and stuff, you could puncture something, you could rip something, it could yeah. fly up in your face, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a very different type of refereeing in that case. And of course, of course you always have to check it and make sure that they're doing all right. Yeah. Um, I hope my comment on Gina gets asked. If not, it's okay. Earlier you asked um, what is the greatest match she've refed, and she did answer that one. She gave two or three different matches she enjoyed as well as the IWTV one. Unless there's something that didn't come through, I do apologize, Lisa, if you want to retype it. Um, now, I, I have a little bit of a technical question, and I hope I asked this properly because, I, like okay. I said, I'm someone who I'm still learning through wrestlers of what they go through and, sure. and technical things maybe behind the curtain a little bit. But the reason I asked this is because uh, Bankos really broke this down to me when I asked him and I had a chance to pick his brain. Mm -hmm. And he says, like, as a ref, obviously you have, to be, you have to be mindful of your camera. You have to be mindful of um, in the ring so you're not in the way, but mm -hmm. also be in a spot where – people can like you can be seen so if it's a two or a three you can tell the ring person like the yes. bell yes. so he says he breaks the ring up in his mind in the quadrants so he knows oh. i have to be in this quadrant this do you have a strategy as a referee of kind of like placement of where you need to be so you're you, you don't really get tripped up or in the way or in the way of something but you still put yourself in a position that you can keep an eye on things you know, I, I don't know if I would say as meticulous as like uh, bringing it up into quadrants like Bankos would say. It, it, that seems like such a Bankos answer. Um, <laughs> I have to say that. Um, over time, I started actually becoming much more lenient about cameras. Uh, in the past, I was super, super strict on do not cross that hard cam area. Do not have your butt to hard cam, whatever. 
but as time went on and the more that you just like kind of accept that indie wrestling is indie wrestling, um, sometimes like things like that's okay. Uh, I think if anything, don't ever block roaming camera because that's always going to be the best shot that you have. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of opposite of what referees are usually taught when they're starting, at least for me. I don't know how much the era has changed in that type of training, but they would say like, don't cross hard cam because that's like, you know, the big the shot. shot it yeah. is, but roaming camera just picks up so many details that you can never find in like a bird's eye type of view situation. Like you want to be personal and get up there and see like what's happening. So um, those roaming cameras are very, very important. Uh, now, again, you know, it depends on the match. Of course, death matches and stuff like there's just nothing you can do. You just have to do the best that you can. Be where, be where you're comfortable at that point. So I would just be mindful of the roaming cameras for the most part. Of course, don't try to cross. Um, I try to just stick to the back corners if I can. But it also depends on the match. Like if you have a scramble and people are going crazy in there or if you have tag matches, like um, it's really going to change depending on what it is. Um, yeah. But yes, I would say that definitely trying to be as visible as possible with Bell. It's actually funny that you mentioned that um, someone who was on Bell at uh, Expecting Unexpected couldn't see me because a door was like blocking his view. A door was like propped up against one of the turnbuckles so he couldn't see me. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't notice that beforehand. So uh, I usually try to do better. At, I've actually kind of been slacking on it. So this is good uh, for me uh, to be mindful of where the Bell is. Um, you know, and the people who are like, hey, no, 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 it's too tall. Yeah. Bring it yet. Um, yeah. I always try to check before. I ref, I messed with a referee a couple shows ago um, oh, at, at high tension as the bell guy. Uh, he, every time he would do two, I would go two and I'd act like I was about to hit it. And he would just like look yeah. at me and shake his head. Or he would, uh, when he was doing a, full, uh, a last man standing match, he would be like, one. And I'd be like, Two's next. Two. And then oh, he goes, two. Okay. I go, three. And then he would just like try to laugh while he's doing his counts. Uh, yeah, that's fun. But, I actually yeah. like it when the when uh, whoever is on Bell uh, gets interactive because it, it really makes like a, a big difference. Yeah, someone any any like, energy you give to something, it's going to like, especially if you're on Bell and you're like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Rich Palladino is probably a very good example of that. So yeah. um, I'm glad that you do that because it's, uh, it, it's yeah. good. It's good to yeah. know. I'll 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 call back. I'll say mm-hmm. two two. Yeah, like I, like, it means nothing, but to me, it's fun because you're playing into the role. And I think crowd, it means a lot. I think yeah, it does. I know I'm that crowd guy who watches the small details of like the stuff around. And if you're like, oh, they're really talking, like it kind of plays into the yeah. to the allure a little more. Uh, yeah. So um, I had another ref question, and I just it literally <laughs> left as we were talking. So okay. one of the questions in the chat here: uh, If WB called you to be a ref, would you go be a ref? I think so. This question gets asked a lot to the people thing. Like, would you rather go to AEW or WWE? In this industry, whoever calls, we're going. You know what I mean? I, I don't think there's like a hard like I won't go here. Yeah, or there. Um, and especially since like you see things. Uh, WWE would probably be the best place to go because um, I feel like their style is better to learn. Um, I think honestly, though, if I were to work for TV, I'd be more interested in doing production. Yeah. Um, just because, like, with TV wrestling, there's I think just you'd so be a good run for impact. On impact, that'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, TV refing is also very, very different than what you see on the independent. So it, it'd be like a whole new system to learn as well. Uh, but WWE, I think, has the best training for it. Um, and a lot of the times, like, you'll just find talent. Like, Kofi Kingston got picked up like as soon as like possible. 
Yeah. Uh, and people were like, wow, like, you know, he doesn't really have like a lot of experience, but they had the time to train him in that system. And he didn't have any bad habits from the independence in order for him to be really good as a WWE wrestler. So um, it is a good question, but it's also kind of like, you know, TV style is just so incredibly different. It's like you're it's like you're the college kid coming out of college. You're like, what team do you want to get yes. drafted for? Who I think that's a want? very, very good. That's like I'm playing for whoever signs me a Contract. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, for me, I probably would not go to Dallas um, just because. <laughs> um, yeah. So the um, I do remember my question now, and this okay. is not, when I say this question, I don't want to. I don't want it to come off as I'm throwing shade or anything, because I personally think every referee has their place and has their style, and whatever their style is, I enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, I think as referees, I think sometimes the AEW refs get a little flack. For mm. maybe taking away from the match because they're animated. I personally right. like it. I think they have dialed it back a little bit, and I think it kind of took me out of it a little bit. I liked watching Aubrey get involved in matches. I like Bryce getting involved with matches. I, I like not involved, but being animated. Um, we're kind of like the WB style is like they're almost don't be seen as a referee. And I kind of like when the ref's part of it in some aspects. Where do you lie on that? Because I think you're more in the try not to be seen category <laughs> well uh, i mean like it also just depends on what the match is like absolutely uh depending on what the show is too uh so for example blitzkrieg i'm uh, very happy to be back with them oh my god it was like it was like a glove like just putting on a glove again i, I used to yeah. love like working there and i i just it, it felt good to be back um they used to have this bar show that was in westfield mass and uh, Jeremy Leary, the promoter there was like, do whatever you want, because this is like a crowd who wants to have that interaction. So, and it was great. Like I was just able to do what I wanted there, but when it came to like the bigger shows that we did out of the, um, other venue, uh, oh my gosh, the one in Enfield, Connecticut, but it's, it's, uh, escaping me right now. It's a banquet hall. Um, I don't do that. I, I try to be a little bit more like you know, um, but it depends on like what the match is called for. Like if it's silly, if there's like comedy stuff, of course, like there are, uh, you know, uh, uh, opportunities to do something funny. Like at Camp Leap Frog, that one show that we did, I did a dive, which was, it was awesome. me on the apron and just uh, like a little squirrel. <laughs> yeah, you, you did the whole uh, one up like, uh, that's... <laughs> yeah, like uh, <laughs> skiff. I miss it. Be so funny. Uh, so yeah, that was, um, yeah, but I think it does depend on the situation. I like both. Um, Skiff's on the list of, uh, coming up. Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. He's such an interesting individual because like the only time where I was like introduced to him, uh, Logan Issa LaRue brought him to, uh, like a show once. So like, oh, this is my friend. Like you just stand up. And then all of a sudden he just started like doing shows <laughs> like how did this happen and then we're interested the to know what the story suit. is but i yeah. digress i digress yeah. logan another oh my god another amazing talent yeah he, he i think he should be booked all the time i agree yep god. the biggest mistake that we made with uh uncharted territory season four was not inviting him down yeah Kills he me. was drafted in my indie draft i put him on my list good choice yeah <laughs> what are some of your favorite promotions to work i know you re- you list off a few my buddy pete he he talks up interspecies wrestling so much he's every time he goes up there he says he has an absolute blast it is fun it is fun yeah. i only did one show but i used to go to interspecies a lot as a fan uh because it looks one like of a the garbage pail shirt a... by the way what's that it looks yes. like a garbage pail shirt like a garbage pail kids it's like 
the I forgot the name of this. Um, yeah, but the extra. font the font looks like the garbage pail. Roadkill raccoon. That's what it says on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, so I used to be a fan of this show and I used to go because they ran in Connecticut as well as Canada. I am from Connecticut and I live in Connecticut again. Um, so it was kind of cool to see something like that. And actually Jeremy Leary, um, homages, uh, interspecies a lot with Blitzkrieg. He, you will even openly say on Twitter, like interspecies is what we modeled ourselves after. Um, it gave him like so much inspiration. I was so happy that he got a match on that show. Uh, so that was really fun. Uh, there was a food fight and I never want to do one again. It's way worse than glass. Food sucks. You could slip on it. The uh, cake, anything with frosting on it, you could slip. Pasta, you can actually slip on pasta, even if it's dry. Like I tried stomping on it and started doing this and I was like, okay, we're done. It ruined my <laughs> shoes and I had to buy new shoes. And I'm, I just, I looked up at Tony Deppin. I said to him, I'd rather deal with glass. <laughs> I'd rather deal with glass than of food. food style matches. He's done uh, a lot of things in general. I think he had a really good match against Tank, uh, I think like episode two of Uncharted Season 4, so I would recommend that for sure. Yeah, Deppin's, Deppin's amazing. He has some. He just wrestled uh, Gage for the title, and then he's um, looking to wrestle Ricky Morton soon. At GC. Oh, nice. Yeah. Excellent. Good for him. Now, uh, how you were saying before, on the other side of the camera, I, I usually try to wrap this in an hour. I'm, I'm squeezing it in, but it's I have so okay. many questions. I'm we're so trying. excited. <laughs> um, so the you had you know you had uh, a yoga show on IWTV, which was really fun. It was cool to see not only just yoga, but you interacting with different talent. Uh, I think you and Edith were super entertaining that episode. <laughs> yeah, and we had uh, uh, a special guest, uh, King Crab. Yes. <laughs> was Hermit Crab as um, the guy who would lead us through Shavasana and um, meditation. Uh, I would say, actually, the, the episode with Edith and um, Effie was the first one that we recorded. So we did six episodes over the course of like a three-day weekend, in addition to also filming Cassandra Cup, the first tournament, and Camp Leapfrog, Love Frog. So mm -hmm. it was just so oh, many things that we had to do. And then they had the uh, 1986. 1987 show that was live on Facebook or something. Yeah. Uh, that was a day after. So I was refereeing on top of like doing those episodes and they're all about like, I don't know, maybe like a half hour in length. Um, so yeah. Um, Wrestling Yoga Studio is on IWTV. Um, I would say that it's definitely rough. It's probably the first time I've ever done something like that instructionally through um, videos, but um, that I would say doing that project definitely led me to, doing more backstage stuff for IWTV. Another yeah. announcement's coming. Uh, yes, if you have an opportunity, um, Effie versus Edith at Love Frog was a fantastic match. I already loved Camp Leaf Frog leading into that, but I remember... I didn't really want to push Alex, my buddy who owns it, but as soon as I seen Love Frog, I was like, whatever you need, dude, I will come and hold a broom. I need to be part of this project in some for, so oh form or fashion. And uh, I came in at, at uh, Frog Sport and Heavyweights. That was my introduction. Great, yeah, yeah. I that, actually oh have the kick pad is right there. Oh, excellent. Uh, um, from, uh, from Frog Sport? Frog Sport, yep. Okay, yeah. I was Frog supposed Sport. to do that show, and then I was, like, closing in my house or something. So yeah. it was, like, a whole other thing. Um, but... and, and you have uh, a tag team tournament that you're going to be kind of behind the scenes booking, yes. producing. Let's talk about that. Oh, gosh. Um, so the whatever T4, we're allowed to talk about. It's okay. I'll try to make it uh, quick. Uh, the T4 Summit is the tag team or the territory tag team tournament. 
I never remember the order, so I just called the two four summit. Um, and that is uh, to determine uh, the bracket so we could crown the inaugural IWTV Tag Team Champions. That's going to be done at Heavy Eliza Crown. Um, that's a New Year's Eve show right before New Year's Eve. Um, and that is going to be in Worcester, Massachusetts for Restival. That's a beyond uh, show. So the finals will be I done then. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be doing the quarterfinals and the semifinals at the IWTV Class of 2022 show. That's going to be done on that Friday, starting at 7 uh, on the 30th. So that will also be done at Restful. Restful is a, a three-day uh, wrestling event. So there's nine uh, different shows. I'm working every single one of them. <laughs> so um, there's three shows, per, three shows per day. And... Um, you know, uh, one of them, you'll see me on camera, everything else you'll see me ref. And uh, I've been booking the tag team tournament and it was, uh, it was strange to be given a booking responsibility um, for something this big. I would think that like, oh, maybe, you know, if like uh, someone wanted me to come in and do like a local show to book, like we do this, like, no, you're going to do this tournament. So um, you're going to crown started. the first ever IWT <laughs> tag team champion. That's so exciting I, for you. I'm yeah, so pumped. Um, but, you know, I also work with the team, too. So there are some team decisions that we have to make. Uh, so um, in the quarterfinals, unfortunately, Bryce Donovan from Shakru just announced that he's hurt. So that is in the interim of figuring out what we're going to be doing with that. So um, there will be an announcement coming out soon, uh, right before the event, I promise. Um, so fortunately, Shakru uh, and Bryce Donovan in particular can't participate. Uh, but everybody else, uh, Brandon Casey Kirk, uh, the Kirks, um, we have Infinity and Beyond. We have Miracle Generation, who are the Wrestling Open Eliminator Cup uh, holders and whoever holds the Eliminator Cups get an automatic into the quarterfinals. Culture Inc. from Florida. I'm very excited about them because uh, Florida is like the forgotten state of wrestling. And it's nice to have us, a team from Florida, come up for that one. Violence is forever. I mean, what what, what else do you have to say about them? Uh, we also have C4 from the West Coast uh, coming up. They are also doing a prestige uh, show afterwards against Brook City Boys. So they'll be streaming afterwards as well. All this is streaming, by the way. Uh, so I have six here. Uh, I'm forgetting one. And who is it? All right, so we have Kirks. See, I'm always like bad with this type of stuff. Uh, C4. And uh, they're going to yell at me once. Um, I don't know why I'm like drawing a blank here. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, once they come to mind, and I'll double check my phone really quick. Yeah, yeah, I'll. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I feel so here. bad about this, but it's like the you know, best like, way, and then the way to experience all this is IWTV, IndependentWrestlingTelevision.com. Uh, it is it is nine ninety nine a month. I will promise you, if you are a pro wrestling fan, Mainstay Posse. I Mainstay am so Posse. sorry, Mainstay Posse. I did <laughs> not mean to leave you out. You just uh, there's just so many teams, and we also have a gauntlet to determine uh, the next IWTV champion as well. Nice. Uh, because unfortunately, Cruel uh, has suffered um, something. I guess like we don't really know what's going on with him. He disappeared into uh, the ether. Uh, and um, we're just going to crown a new champion. Uh, hopefully he comes back. Uh, Part of me wishes I've always, I always wanted that Avery Good IWTV title. Yeah. We never yeah, got it. Mm. We do I have was at this um, Iron match. It was so special. Just to really quickly go over the gauntlet. Uh, Contenders, uh, Trisha Dora is in it. Uh, Warhorse, Tracy Williams. Alex Shelley is in it. 
Uh, we also have AC Mack, Hoodfoot, Matt Trima, and Adam Priest. So that wow. would be an eight-person gauntlet for the titles. Um, lots of very big matches. Who are you rooting for? Uh, for that one, it's tough to see because like there's just so many people who have it. Um, I think that Tracy Williams is such a very underrated wrestler. Um, I watched Tracy Williams versus Willow. Champion twice already, so yeah. he also has a leg up in this type of stuff uh, versus everybody else. Uh, Trisha Dor, of course, I would like to see. Uh, go That's very my pick. Far I want. I, well. We we've had one woman champion already uh, with Chris Atlander. Trisha Dor would be a great person to reclaim that yes, yeah absolutely i'd love to yeah. see another woman get that title too war horse uh, he would be a two-time i believe if he won right yep and he had the yeah. longest streak so um that's still on the table for him yeah yeah that, that's that's exciting like i said going back to iwtv 9.99 so much content uh if you are a professional wrestling fan and all you watch is WWE, AEW, the whole nine you literally turn on that that that's that streaming service and you'll see like main event Max Caster versus this. Like, mm -hmm. there's still people who are on TV who are working shows. Masha Slamovich is, is still making appearances and doing absolutely insane stuff. And if I can um, add, um, you know, the 100 match was kind of what led Garcia and you to get signed. So yeah, you never absolutely. know. Absolutely. You're going to see the next stars star. of television of, on TV. Uh, absolutely. You know, at Oxen Andretti just got signed. Somebody I worked with for a while, he just got signed to AEW. Like, the, everyone's coming out of this independent scene because. I, I, I independent wrestling is not like it used to be in the nineties and, and, and like mm -hmm. where are the early two thousands where it's just a bunch of dudes who got off their construction jobs or chubby bellies and just went out there and rolled around. The independent scene is insane. They work so hard. They train really hard. Uh, and listen, listen, the chubby daddies out there are still killing it, but I'm just saying it's a completely different game uh, in the independent wrestling scene. I promise you, if you seek out independent wrestling in your area, you will have a blast. No doubt about it. In my mind. <laughs> better, so. <laughs> uh, my last question here is something more on a little personal level um something that you you kind of did over the pandemic and i kind of want to dive into why and uh how how much how how much you progressed in it you you went out and learned sign language i did yes uh so i started um a couple years ago learning it um i just wanted to find a new skill uh and um learn a different culture. So um, I'm currently living in a household with uh, one deaf person and uh, two people who are children of deaf adults. So everybody in the house signs. Um, I would say that's definitely uh, been getting better. And it's interesting to ingratiate yourself into a culture as well. You start to learn different things too. Um, I think that signing is cool. I don't know. Like it's, uh, it's nice to just meet a community who is, um, uh, they care. Uh, and it's cool too, because like when I um, meet other people who are deaf or hard of hearing or people who sign, um, they try to really like bridge the gap, even if like, I don't know certain things. Um, and another weird thing too, is like, I learned um, Southern signs. So when I moved up here, cause I took uh, classes in Florida. You could have an accent where you're uh, signing. <laughs> well, you know, oh my God, I had a Southern accent for a little bit. Uh, and I didn't even notice people were like, why are you talking so funny? I'm like, oh my God, it's like living in the South for a while. <laughs> so, I have a buddy um, who yeah, yeah, England and now he has an English accent. Yeah, like, um, I don't know. There's something with garbage where I think I like learned it this way. And like the slang for it is this. 
um, you know, so like there's uh, informal and formal things that I'm learning. I just got my sign name the other night and I was like crying because <laughs> it's it's a rite of passage. Uh, someone who gives you a sign name uh, should be someone in the community. And it's uh, modeled a lot after my friend Brian and his uh, name is a B that goes over the heart twice. And mine is my initials, GM. So uh, I love yeah. that. I think it's so sweet. Yeah. I like I've seen I've seen two things. So when I was like when you when you were doing your sign thing, obviously when you go on the internet and you 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 observe that content, your algorithms pick things up. And I remember not too long after seeing you learn sign, I seen a video of a little girl going up to meet a Christmas Santa, <laughs> and he looked at the family and goes, "Oh, she's deaf," and they're like, "Yes," and he starts signing to her oh. as Santa Claus, and like everyone was just like, "Yeah." So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the inclusivity one, is is a wonderful thing. It yeah. really is. And yeah. there was another one where this guy lived in this community, and this community, uh, I'm like getting a, like here. I think about it. the entire community learned sign for him. Like, so he went to the grocery store and they started signing to him because they realized like he lived in their community and he went to all the coffee shops and everything. So like the community banded together to learn sign for this one person. I was like, what an awesome thing for humans to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's just cool to just learn again a new culture. So I yeah. mean for some people it might be Spanish, for other people, you know. I'm trying to learn Spanish, but I, I only uh, learned all the I learned all the bad words first. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh if anyone has anything in the chat, please uh ask it now. We're gonna wrap up here. Gina, mm -hmm. is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to get out there? Oh gosh. Um I was just very happy that you plugged my show. Uh, you know, both the uh, wrestling yoga studio and IWTV 2022. Um, it really has been um, a, a big year of change for me, even though I definitely didn't take as many bookings just because I was in Florida for most of the year. Uh, I moved to a different place and experienced wrestling in a different area. Um, I started working more. Uh, originally, I just like just I said, hey, could I just write you the rule book for this tag tournament? And then from there, they just like, hey, do you want to like book the show with us? Yeah. Uh, so it's been a, a lot of growth and um, it just kind of goes to show you that even if like you are in wrestling, if someone who's listening and you're like, hey, I kind of don't know like what's next, um, just try a different rollout for a bit and try those tasks and see, because I feel like, um, you know, being a rep, of course, of course, is always going to be like a core value to all this stuff. But um, all the other things I've been doing have just been so meaningful. And um, it's cool because like, I typically don't do a lot of creative things. I'm a software engineer, uh, but I don't like design stuff. I just kind of like, hey, do this thing and, you know, you go ahead and do it. But um, I get to like, I don't know, make a story. And I think that's really cool. Uh, so the chat, I think refs deserve their own intro, outro music. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I think about like what my intro music would be all the time. What would it be? Oh, I go between like Knights of Sidonia by Muse and like some heavy metal trash. Like if they ever gave me all that remains or something, yeah. like you know. So it, I go in between. I actually did wrestle um, the Incarnation um, Gauntlet for Southern Underground Pro in Nashville. I, I just did like a very silly thing, and I came out to uh, Save a Prayer by Duran Duran. So nice. I had to choose, but it was like on the spot. I'm like, oh, I don't know. So, yeah, if they ever gave me music to come out to, it would 100% be "Let's Hear It for the Boy." Oh, that that's very sweet. Okay. It's a great song. Let's yeah. hear it for the and you get the crowd. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do the clap. Yeah, you want to dance too. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I want to be completely transparent when I say this. I, <laughs> I, I messaged Alex on high tension. I was like, man, I'm really nervous about this interview. Gene, I, I really respect you, the way you conduct yourself, your your work ethic, everything you do in this business. I, 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 I respect what you do. I was nervous for this interview. I'm very, very thankful. When you reached out, like I was like, Ref Gina wants to do my podcast. <laughs> it made my day, and it, it, I'm, I really apologize for how long it took to finally set this up. But oh, I, I, I wanted to say, like, I'm, I'm definitely watching your career. I, I love what you do. I, I you. you know, and like I said, like the behind the scenes things, the like going out of your way to learn sign language, uh, the, the <laughs> yoga. You're just like you're, you, where you inspire people with like working out. Like you, you, you transformed yourself and did so many cool things this year that like I feel like more people you inspire people like you're a very positive person and you're someone that like, I like to put things on my social media wall that motivate me. And I, I try to keep people in my algorithm that motivate me to become a better person. And you are definitely one of those people. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say to that, except that it's more, uh, when, when I was living in Florida, it was kind of like, uh, hard because I was just so isolated from a lot of people. And I just learned over time that like, I think life is just more, interesting yeah. and better if you share it share your experiences with others so now that being said i also post like a lot of memes on twitter yeah they're very uh, funny so i don't really know how positive that is yeah. in terms of influence but yeah like, no but when you but i just like it just the best thing i can tell people is when you're on social media is 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 follow people and interact with people and follow content that makes like it's like putting yourself around a positive light and just if someone if you get something positive out of somebody that's the people you should attach yourself to and and you're definitely one of those contents that i do that with and i want to thank you kind of because you don't even know you were doing it you know um but thank you so much seriously for this interview i cannot wait to see what more comes and the fact that you're going to be booking the in the IWTV <laughs> tag team championship that that you can only ever do that once and you're That's involved true. Yeah. yeah well we'll see what else comes out about it um yeah i had a lot of fun today and i'm excited to see where your uh, show is going to go and what you're doing you know especially with high tension um it's a shame that i live so far out because i wanted to make a lot of those um dates but uh, we'll, we'll make something Listen, work for sure. i'm sure anytime <laughs> you're free they would love to have you yeah yeah it, it was always like a good time exploring that area and uh, working with all of you. But um, I had a really good time today and you're a great interviewer. Uh, I encourage everybody to subscribe to this. Um, yeah. Do you, do you uh, have a tease of who's coming up next? Or um, yeah. Next week I have someone very new in their career. Okay. Uh, they're training out of um, the battle, battle pro battle pro alpha junior school. Uh, uh, Nolan Pierce out of out there. He's so he's very new oh, to the I game. Feel like know that name yeah but i also know a lot of names too so yeah okay. so so it's gonna be someone new kind of new in their career i've been bouncing i'm i this podcast is open to anybody i want to I, I interviewed a horror movie director my first one i've interviewed a guy in a like oh, my buddy new. in a band who's a drummer so i'm open to any conversation you don't have to be a content creator if you just have a story that you think inspires people or if you went through something in your life that you're willing to tell a story i'm willing to talk to you uh there's going to be a lot of wrestling content just because that's the field i'm in and that's kind of where i'm at all the time and i think their stories are really inspiring and fun to learn um i would yeah, love it if adam came on here because i just feel like he has so many interesting stories to tell. adam gull oh my Breath god yeah Gull, yeah Adam, Adam, some I would, I would 100% have Adam on. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, but thank you so much once again. Uh, all the links below. Please go follow Gina. 
on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and show that support. Go subscribe to IWTV and go check out the tournament. All the great shows are going to be coming up that she's going to be help and behind the scenes with. Yeah. And, um, uh, Wrestling Open on Thursday is going to be the next one that I'm actually refereeing on. Um, I only sub in when they need me to. Uh, but sometimes when you watch Wrestling Open, you'll find me doing camera stuff uh, if you catch me. Um, I love that uh, environment. It's a really cool show to go to. And then after that, it's the three-day festival that starts on the 29th at 3 p.m., I believe, with Pizza Party Pro. So yeah. uh, Pizza Party is another show I want to get to and experience live. Beyond I, you know Pizza Party. Dan I, would actually be a really good person to interview because I feel like his whole vision for that promotion is so unique, and I would love to know more about it. Yeah, so I hope he comes on. That would be really cool. Uh, I'm down. Put 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 the name out there. Let's I make will. the connection. I get to see him next Thursday. And be like, look, Dan, you got to do this show. Yeah, and, and listen, we stuff. need Ref Gina merch. We need we need to figure that. Uh, out. So I had one artist make a uh, avatar of me. That's it looks awesome. Twitter. Yeah, it's very cute. And I was thinking, like, maybe you can make it into a sticker or a button. Uh, we'll see. I, I just if you make stickers like- or pins, let me know. I want one. Okay, I just feel like ref merch doesn't really sell much, and you know I don't really need it. I just That's because refs merch. don't think it's going to sell, and they don't put it out. Yeah. But people like me who own four or five different referee teeth—I <laughs> own the referee AEW shirt, like the triangle with all four of them on it. Oh, that's I, cool. I like to support referees. I think oh, that like rhombus work. thing that they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, yep. the ref rhombus, where they where it's like all anime. I think it. I think it's that. I, yeah. And it's all like the anime, like anime versions of them. But okay, yeah, that's an early people, one. Yeah, I think more people would support mean. referees if they put merch out. I think you should do it. Okay, I'll think about it. Yes, but only because uh, Please stay tuned. Uh, check out the. Uh, see, look at ref merch is the best. There you go. <laughs> um, we will see you guys. We will see you all next time on the ABJ podcast episode eleven next Tuesday. I believe it's seven o'clock. Follow on social media just to make sure I'm not wrong because uh, I always mess up my times because I'm crazy and I don't remember anything. Once again, if you are watching this on Twitch, Twitter, or Facebook, head over to YouTube. Just hit a button, subscribe. It helps me out so much. And if you are want to watch the rest of the episodes, maybe you're driving in your car and you uh, don't want to have a phone playing with a video because it's distracting and you shouldn't do that. It's illegal. Go <laughs> check out anywhere you listen to music or podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google. All of them are up above Gina's head. Check them all out and listen to the audio side of the podcast as well. Uh, we love you. Thank you so much. Um, I would say have a great, great holiday. Actually, yes. Uh, by, I think by next interview, yes. Enjoy your holiday. Uh, whatever holiday you, you, you support or you're a part of for this week, enjoy it. Have a great time. Stay safe. Do not drink and drive. And I will see you guys next week before the end of the new year with Nolan Pierce. See you guys all. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.